You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, November 10th, and we're talking Blue Jays baseball today with Gregor Chisholm, our Blue Jays reporter for MLB.com. And, uh, Gregor, we thank you for the time, and uh, to say the very least, it has been an incredibly sad, uh, difficult, and tragic week uh, for the Blue Jays family, not to mention all of baseball, as uh, we are uh, days removed from the tragic passing of Roy Halladay, the former Blue Jay great at the age of 40. Uh, after that plane crash off the Gulf of Florida. And, uh, you know, Gregor, I know that uh, in speaking with other beat reporters for other teams, you know, they're obviously shaken up, and and they have so many memories and recollections of a guy who was not just a great athlete but a great human being. And Roy Halladay didn't play for any of their teams, you know, save for uh, the Phillies, obviously, late in his career. So, if he had that much of an impact, you know, uh, on fan bases of those teams, I, I can't even imagine what the mood and the feeling is like right now in Toronto. This guy was so beloved and so accomplished uh, as an athlete. And like I said, his legacy goes far beyond what he did on the mound, you know, winning the Cy Young with the Blue Jays and then later with the Phillies. So two Cy Youngs for his illustrious career. But, uh, you know, just kind of, Tell us what the mood right now is in uh, uh, Toronto with the Blue Jay fan base because, uh, you know, in terms of uh, athlete deaths, uh, this one just hits so hard, you know, all across the sport. And like I said, for the for the Blue Jay fan base, I can't imagine the, the level of pain right now over this. Yeah, it really is devastating for uh, the entire fan base, for the organization. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who the Blue Jays were – going to put plans in place to honor him and what they thought was going to be well he's eventually going to become a hall of famer and and, you know his name was going to go up on the level of excellence in toronto and his day had yet to come for that you know he had been back to the stadium a couple of times uh since retirement and and the blue jays fans did get to to show how much they appreciated him but it's been that overwhelming amount of support and the memories that people have that that really stick out to me i mean uh you can't go anywhere in this city uh, and probably even this country uh, this week without people uh, sharing some of their favorite stories and some of their favorite memories. Uh, I mean, Holiday pitched for this organization at a time when there wasn't really a whole lot else to root for. I mean, the Blue Jays didn't even sniff the postseason uh, at all during his time in this city. Uh, but, you know, every five days, uh, if you were a Blue Jays fan, he became must-watch TV and he became an excuse to go down to the ballpark because it didn't matter how uh, how well the team was playing elsewhere. You knew on that day that Roy Halladay was taking the mound that the Blue Jays were going to be as good as any team in all of baseball. And from 2001 to 2011, uh, there was no better pitcher in the game than him. And for a while, he was Canada's best-kept secret. Uh, you know, for those first few years in Toronto, uh, he didn't get quite the recognition that he deserved elsewhere. And, and obviously that built up over time and uh, it was nice to see him kind of uh, you know finish out his career in Philadelphia the way he did um, by really kind of showing the entire baseball world just how dominant and good he was I mean the players in the game knew how dominant he was uh, but it was nice to see him get that exposure on the postseason stage uh, later on in his career as well
well so that the rest of, uh, you know, the baseball fans can appreciate and understand what, what Blue Jays fans got to watch too for so long. And he really is an iconic figure uh, in this sports town. I mean, when you think of Blue Jays baseball over the last 20 years or so, uh, Roy Halladay is one of the, the first names that, that comes to mind. And it was, it was a pleasure to, to watch him pitch. And I know, you know everybody in the Blue Jays organization and, and all their fans feel the same way. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly that for so many years he was Canada's uh, best-kept secret because he didn't have that notoriety that he later achieved with a perennial playoff contender with the Phillies. Uh, He really burst onto the national consciousness, I believe, in 2010, his first season with the Phillies with that uh, the perfect game in Florida. He had the postseason no-hitter, and then everybody in baseball knew who Roy Halladay was, as they should. Uh, You know, Gregor, for all the things that that he accomplished, uh, the the one thing that I still – find mind-blowing is that you know after uh, a pretty good rookie year you know he didn't exactly blow anybody you know off the page and really didn't turn a lot of heads as a rookie but you saw some potential there well then his next season with the Blue Jays I mean there's no way to sugarcoat this he was terrible he was his ERA was over 10 which I believe for a starting pitcher with a uh, you know, the amount of qualified starts that you need was the worst ERA in baseball history for a single season. The guy gets sent all the way down to single A, completely reinvents himself, comes back up, becomes a two-time Cy Young winner. I mean, I can't recall any other player in the history of the game, really, that sunk to such depths only to reinvent himself and to achieve such heights. I mean, that more than anything else to me, I don't know if you agree, is the most impressive, mind-blowing thing about Roy Halladay. No, absolutely, and Roy Halladay doesn't become the pitcher that he became uh, without that obstacle, and it was it was one to the extreme that we've never really seen before, at least guys who were able to pull it off successfully like the way he did. But, I mean, getting sent all the way down uh, to Class A after spending a significant period of time in the big leagues, I mean, you would think that, that is rock bottom as a baseball player. But, you know, Halladay really, uh, you know, seized that opportunity and handled it the right way. I mean, it, it took him a little while, understandably so, uh, but the Blue Jays completely rebuilt his delivery. Uh, I think mentally he started to approach the game entirely differently, uh, and he was really one who embraced the coaching a- a- along the way uh, to get him into that place. And I, and I think that's why uh, Roy Halladay ended up becoming, you know, almost like a machine on the mound. He was so prepared. You know, that's the one thing that you hear so much this week about the legendary work ethic and everything that he put into it. Uh, I mean, Blue Jays players would come, new Blue Jays players would come in the spring every single year uh, and claim that they wanted to, you know, learn from Halliday's workout routine. They wanted to follow him because he's one of the best in baseball. Well, nobody could do it. Nobody could stick with his program for more than two or three days. They were exhausted afterwards and, and realized that Halliday was the kind of guy who needed to do his own thing. And, you know, I, I think he started to develop that when he went down that year in the minor leagues. And psychologically, same way. I mean, Roy Halladay on game days or even the day before was as you know singularly focused as you can possibly be. He's not a guy who went around joking around the clubhouse before start, and he wouldn't talk to pretty much anybody because he was so focused in on, on the task at hand and what he had to do. And I think he learned all of that when he went down to Class A Dundee and the way he really built himself up. And in a way, I think you know he spent the rest of his career running from that year and making sure that he never had to do any of that again. But he also understood 
understood that, you know, one day you can be in the big leagues and things are going great. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, the story is entirely different. And that's why I think he didn't take anything for granted when he was in the major leagues. And a lot of that can be tied back to what he did with Dunedin Blue Jays in that year and, and everything that the Blue Jays organization did to, to get him on the right track. And clearly from there, it was just an overwhelming amount of success right through until the time that he retired in 2013. Yeah, we've heard a lot of stories this week about that uh, legendary workout routine that, uh, you know, nobody could hang with, uh, you know, except for more than a couple of days, like you said. And and the one story that I've heard uh, more than once was about uh, Chase Utley, his first spring with Halliday. It was something like 6 in the morning, and he saw Halliday walk into the clubhouse soaking wet, and Utley said, I didn't know it was raining. And Halliday said, it's not raining. I just worked out. <laughs> you know, it's just – and you hear so many stories like that. Uh, Gregor, from the Blue Jays' perspective, and uh, I don't know if you talked to, you know, former players that played with them or members of the Blue Jays' family, any – any similar such stories about their interactions with Halliday during his Blue Jays tenure? Yeah, you know, it's it's the one, and it's similar to what I was just talking about, but A.J. Burnett uh, was someone who was, was really impacted by Halliday, and, and uh, one of the reasons why he signed a, a contract with the Blue Jays as a free agent was because he wanted to work alongside Halliday, and, uh, you know, Burnett really has credited uh, what he learned from Halliday during their three years together is the reason why he was able to go on and have the career that he had as well. I mean, when when Burnett came here, he was very he was a very raw pitcher, uh, wasn't very seasoned, and he had an awful lot to learn both in terms of workouts and how to prepare for games, but then also on the on the mound itself. And Halliday played a key role. But you know, Burnett's a funny guy because. Uh, you know, there's the story that, uh, you know, there's only one person to ever beat Roy Halliday to, to, the, to the ballpark, and, and that was A.J. Burnett, but he, but he was still only able to do it for that first week of spring training. I mean, he showed up. He was that guy who, who said he was going to follow everything that Halliday did, and, you know, three days into it, uh, he's just mentally and physically exhausted during the first week of spring training, and, and, you know, that just shows what kind of work ethic that Roy Halliday had, and he was he was a guy who led by example. He wasn't someone who did a lot of talking, um, but, you know, if I've said this before in a couple of different interviews, but if you were intimidated or you had a problem with, uh, you know, the way that Roy Halladay prepared, that, that, that speaks volumes about you as a baseball player. He was a guy who you could just simply learn from uh, if you watch and observe and you pick things up along the way. And uh, A.J. Burnett certainly, uh, you know, felt that with Roy Halladay. Uh, and kind of just learned how, how to, to kind of formulate the rest of his career. But, you know, there's only one Roy Halladay, and that's, that's why he was the only one who could, who could follow his own routine. Yeah, and the thing I love, too, about Halladay is that, you know, we're not talking about a guy that was blessed with a, you know, triple-digit fastball. I mean, obviously he had a, a great foundation of skill and talent, but the things he accomplished were because he worked hard. And because he studied and because he prepared, he couldn't just roll out of bed and, and, you know, blow it by guys at 100 miles an hour. That wasn't him. You know, he had to really work at it. He had to develop his game physically and mentally to reach the heights that he reached. And if that's not motivation and inspiration for any other athlete on the planet, I really don't know what is. I mean, I think that's a a huge part of his legacy, no question. Uh, Gregor, as we wrap up here, this is something I posed to uh, your colleague, uh, Todd Zalecki, who had the pleasure of covering him during his Phillies tenure to round out his 16-year big league career. But I'll ask you, uh, as a Blue Jays reporter, is Roy Halladay a Hall of Famer? 
He is without a doubt, in my opinion. You know, I, I know that his career was a little was cut short uh, in 2013 because of the shoulder injury. I think otherwise he would have kept pitching a couple of more years, and voters are always going to point to that longevity. But uh, you know, as I kind of touched on before, from 20 from 20 uh, 2001 until 2011, there was there was nobody better in, in baseball. Uh, I mean, consistently year after year, uh, you see that uh, during that time period where he th- it was I think it's at least 30 complete games more uh, than anybody else in that time I mean he was a he was an absolute workhorse at a time when uh, workhorses throughout baseball uh, were kind of disappearing uh, you know we've seen the bullpen kind of take over in recent years and, and understandably so as we as we get more into the saber metrics and things like that but he was someone who that didn't really apply to when Roy Halladay took the mound uh, he legitimately expected to go nine innings almost every single time out. And, uh, you know, it's it's just remarkable what he was able to accomplish uh, consistently. And, and, you know, I think some of the numbers are skewed a little bit as well. I think, you know, as, as eye-popping and good as his numbers are, you know, if he had been in another situation, they probably would have been even better. I mean, you look at that time period he pitched for the Blue Jays when he was in his prime. Uh, he pitched for a team that, that didn't feel particularly well and, and didn't provide him with a lot of run support at times. And he was taking on uh, the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, when the Red Sox and Yankees were, were outspending everybody else, they were the behemoths in the division. The Blue Jays were the afterthought. Uh, and none of that mattered. How they still went out every single five days. Uh, and almost every single time dominated. I mean, he really was that elite, that good. Uh, and I think when it, you know when voters come uh, to take a look at his numbers, whether it's the first year he gets in or not, I think it's only a matter of time before he does get voted in. Yeah, excellent point by you that uh, he pitched uh, not only in the AL East, but in the AL East during that time period when, as you said, the, the behemoths of that division were the Red Sox and Yankees for so many years, and he was right in the middle of that hurricane. And he came out so with flying colors, and I think uh, absolutely 100% a future Hall of Famer. Uh, one of a kind was Roy Halladay. Rest in peace. Uh, Gregor Chisholm, we appreciate the insight and the memories on one of the all-time greats, and uh, we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Toronto Blue Jays. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.